0: Hello, hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Wrestling and More podcast, the Countdown Show, the Five Count. I'm joined today by Garth Jackson. How are you doing, Garth? Good, thanks you. Yeah, not too bad at all, mate. Garth, tell us a bit about yourself.
1: Um, well, um, seasoned wrestling fan. <laughs> Thirty-seven years young. Uh, been, I think I've been wrestling now for about twenty-eight years. It's a long time. Um, quite a long time, yeah. So I've seen the good and the bad. Yeah. Um. And, unfortunately, I missed the best bit. <laughs> so I missed I missed the whole of the Attitude Era, mostly. So I was a, in a drunken haze, most of that.
0: Yeah, it's um, the best way to miss it.
1: I know, I know. Um, I, wish it was, I wish I'd missed that slump, yeah, period. Agree, um, yeah. um, but so, no, I'm very much still into it, though.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So you're into the modern-day product, yeah. but uh, you missed the much-lauded uh, Attitude Era. But awesome. we can work around that, don't worry. Carl? <laughs> Mm -hmm. So, uh, the five count, what we're going to do is, today, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to count down, as a little bit of an introduction to Garth, we are going to count down our five favourite wrestlers. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I want to stress at this point okay two things one this is not a greatest of all time as you will soon recognize when you hear my top five okay this is wrestlers that are memorable wrestlers that have brought us back into wrestling or even wrestlers that made us start watching wrestling in the first place it's just it's our favorites it's a very personal list it's not a greatest of all time okay so please in the comments don't hang manners just for you know me not putting stone cold steve austin in there you know spoilers (laughs) Um, secondly, for me at least um, it's only WWE wrestlers Um, I appreciate I've got favourites, you know, I've got favourite wrestlers in Ring of Honour, in Impact, in New Japan Pro Wrestling, but for the sake of this countdown, it is just WWE wrestlers because that is the promotion I'm most familiar with, what about you Garth?
1: Um, Yes, uh, one of them now is WWE Oh fantastic,
0: I'm looking forward (laughs) to seeing that so Without further ado, let's start. So, Garth, who is your number five favourite wrestler of all time?
1: Number five is... The, it'll be the newest sort of entry on the list. Um, the most recent anyway. Um, it is Samoa Joe.
0: Oh, really, really good choice. Yeah, Love Samoa Joe. Go on, tell us a bit about it. Why?
1: Um, just to, just from the TNA side, I started watching it sort of just before it really hit its peak. Yeah. And he's always been um, I mean, you watching WWE before that. You were always told people of his physique can't be the top guy. Yeah. Um, but he just smashed it. And him and AJ had some of the best matches I've ever seen. Um, I'm so glad he's on WWE now. Yeah. On the big stage to sort of just sort of showcase what he's been doing. Um, and he hasn't really changed, which has been, that's been the best thing. They haven't really watered him down. Yeah. Um, but the matches he had with Angle on TNA, I think, was some of the, both of their best matches. I think Angle definitely had some of his best matches in TNA with Joe. Um, and he's always been so intense you believe everything he does, um, whether he's been heel or face. Um, the only sort of small blip I think he had was when he had that sort of history of violence thing yeah. with Taz. Yeah. It was it was a bit sort of I don't know. Crap. It was just trying to change him for the for the sake of changing him.
0: Yeah. There are some superstars that you just you don't need to change. You don't need to repackage, Mm. keep them as they are.
1: That's it, yeah. That's his that is his gimmick. He's this sort of mean, sort of badass guy who can take you down numerous ways, be it submission or power moves or just beat you down. Um, that's why I He's so good because he's so different to everything else in WWE.
0: Absolutely. I mean, <laughs> we talk about a lot of wrestlers that can transition into the UFC. Mm-hmm. I mean, Samoa Joe would tran- you know transition without a single. Power. Oh yeah,
1: yeah. You can tell he you, t- you can tell he's not afraid to take a punch. No, as well as not. dish it out.
0: Absolutely not. And it was um, I was listening to a different podcast and they said um, about how Raw's reaction to the SmackDown kind of invasion. Would be to just send Samoa Joe over and just <laughs> yeah. watch Samoa Joe decimate their um, their roster, which I laughed because I was like, that'd be amazing. Can you that'd imagine? Good, just yeah. send Samoa Joe and Braun Strowman in. And Braun yells in yeah. the same. Yeah. Board. Come on, guys, uh, have fun.
1: Yeah. I
0: mean, one of my favourite moments of this year on Raw was the promo segment between Samoa Joe and Paul Heyman. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, the yeah. intensity. Was Samoa yeah. Joe while he was explaining to Paul what he was going to do to him and what was going to happen while he was in the keynote club? Paul's reactions as well. Oh, oh they just bounced off yeah. so much. I mean, once Brock leaves WWE, which is inevitable, I don't know hmm. when he'll leave, whether it'll be after WrestleMania 34 after his inevitable loss to Roman Reigns, yeah. or whether he will leave. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, because that's <laughs> going to happen.
1: It's going to happen, yeah.
0: Yeah, people just get used to it. Um, or whether he'll. See it out for another couple of months. I don't know, but I don't think he'll see WrestleMania 35. I'd be very, very surprised. No, um,
1: and i have got Braun and Samoa Joe to fill that exactly. But us, rule
0: exactly. And I would love to see Paul with Samoa Joe. I don't <laughs> think Samoa Joe needs a mouthpiece like at all, no. but just to have those two have that kind of that kind of chemistry just on yeah. a week to week basis. Oh, it would be Definitely. absolute gold. That's mm. a really good entry, mate. That's a really good entry. Uh, my number five is The Rock. Um, right. From the Attitude Era, bar my number one, um, he is the man that I remember. Um, he's never been, you know, the greatest in the ring, but mm. that's not why he's on this list. No. You know the promos that yeah. he gave, how he tran- how he changed his character from you know Rocky IV, where Rocky. he's exactly <laughs> Rocky sucks. <laughs> Rocky sucked. Rocky die. You know. Go home, Rocky. Exactly. At this point, you're just like, do you know what? He's done. Mm -hmm. And to change it to the point where he's now one of the most iconic men on the planet, you know, that takes a force of charisma. That does. You know, you look at his promos with Jericho, you look at his promos with Stone Cold, you look at his promos with Vince, Mm -hmm. with Stephanie, and you just look at him and go, this man is incredible. I mean, we talked before we went on air about um, John Cena being a really good promo uh, Mm -hmm. guy because he can go off script and he can keep the. Like the momentum going, the rock was exactly the same with this. Yeah. Every promo he had the same intensity, how he spoke about himself in the third person. You know, and I've said I said earlier in the entry that, you know, he was never, you know, an AJ Styles in the ring, he was never the best thing in the ring, but his matches are still iconic. You look at his mm-hmm. match with Stone Cold, you know, that trilogy at WrestleMania fifteen, yeah. um, seventeen and nineteen. I think it was fifteen. It's the crowd, it's it's everything. It's, exactly. It's and the whole just, package how he connects with an audience just, in my opinion, the closest the WWE have come since The Rock is late CM Punk.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah Definitely.
0: Like, like the pipe bomb CM Punk. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he's just, he's brilliant. Everything about the man and everything about his run, after, sorry, about his run after his heel turn, that very first heel turn when he turned on the Nation of Domination, just everything onwards.
1: Mm-hmm. It's just a shame that he came back to do those stupid skits with the flamethrower.
0: Oh, God, yeah. Um, <laughs> I was hoping you were going to mention that.
1: <laughs> and all those sorts of things, because it sort of put a bit of a blemish on it for me.
0: It has, absolutely.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm mean, i not interested in seeing him anymore. That's, no. that's the sad thing.
0: Yeah. I mean, I remember when they announced that The New Day were hosting WrestleMania 33. I mean, hmm. check out the YouTube channel. We've recently done a review on WrestleMania 33, but... I remember when they announced that the New Day were going to present it, my first thought was, you know, it wasn't, oh my God, not the New Day again. It was, at least the Rock's not doing it. You know, know, (laughs) when you think about the man, you don't want to be thinking about that. And I choose not to. I choose to think about how, how good he was in the ring, how iconic it was. And in a way, it's a shame that he was in an era where there was already Stone Cold Steve Austin. Because he would have been the pinnacle. I mean, we were spoiled, really, during the Attitude that we had yeah, two yeah. men like the, like Stone Cold and The Rock, and then you've got people like Triple H, Shawn Michaels, The Undertaker, Jericho, absolutely. Um, we were spoiled, and to be perfectly honest, The Rock, for me, was just an unbelievable person to have at that time. you know. And the promos, like I say, the promo where he stood with Jericho um, on the ramp of the SmackDown set, just mm-hmm. laying into Stephanie yeah. about her boob job it's just, it's one of the funny. It, there was none of this, you know, nowadays you've got these horribly, poorly written jokes yeah. by creative who seemingly are trying to write a sitcom for a three-year-old. Yeah, I was going to um, say, it's
1: just so sort of watered down, at unbelievable. They
0: treat humour so weirdly in the WWE, <laughs> but that was just pure, it was funny, it was subtly hidden, oh, it was beautiful.
1: <laughs> it was the selling as well, Jericho's face. And oh, it
0: really was. Those two bounced off each yeah. other so well, similar oh. to Heyman and Joe. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's my five entry uh, The Rock so we'll move on to our number of fours who have you got for number four
1: number four is it's slightly cheating because okay. it's two people
0: <laughs> Okay.
1: but it's uh, Legion of Doom Road oh. Warriors
0: yeah to- talk to us about them because you, taking- um, you were speaking to me about uh, the Road Warriors before we went on air they
1: were, they, they were my sort of first ever sort of entry into the crazy world of wrestling um, saw them on the front of a magazine at one of my friend's brother's Um, had and just thought what on earth is this I had to sort of check it out and sort of explain who it was and had to sort of see them so I saw the videos and it was just the whole sort of water rush thing and the shoulder pads the face paint they had everything Um, and just from then on I think that to me they're still technically not the best but overall package the best tag team I've ever seen Definitely um, one of the most iconic, absolutely. Just for the whole, everything they brought, they were so intense. And you could tell that Doomsday device, that almost took the head off everyone who they ever gave it to. Yeah, but they was, never hurt anybody with it. That was a thing. No,
0: absolutely. That was, it's, it's one of the most iconic moves in WWE history. It's
1: never, it's never been sort of replicated either, really.
0: No, for me, like no one, from my knowledge, there has never been a kick-out of a Doomsday device.
1: Nah, and not that long is long what long, a man.
0: finisher should be. It should finish a match.
1: Nobody delivered that clothesline like Hawk. Oh, good grief. Even Heidem, Mike. There was so... Oh, God. I don't even, <laughs> they don't count. <laughs> LOD D2000. <2000. laughs> that was awful. Yeah, oh god, um, it was awful, wasn't it? But, I mean, intensity. The yeah. promos that they used to give. I mean, Animal was never really great, but... Hawk, his promos were amazing. Um just how how he sort of said how, how they were gonna beat people down all the time. And they were so I mean, they obviously came up through the eighties and the nineties, so and every sort of macho men sort of. Yeah. Um we're gonna take your women, sort of beat you down, take your women, then go for drinks afterwards sort of thing. But <laughs> just I just loved it. It was just so intense and as a kid, they were like cartoon characters. And I've always said the um, SummerSlam 90 um, Heart Foundation versus Demolition. Yep. Um, when Legion of Doom come out to make the save, it's the best, the biggest pop I've ever heard, I think, still. Just, because if you watch it on sort of on YouTube or whatever, it's sort of a wide-angle shot of the ring and you don't see them coming down the ramp you just see the crowd in unison stand up Look to the left and start chanting, it's and amazing. then the music hits. It's just brilliant, just everything about them. Um, just so sad what the what ended up happening to Hawk. That's all.
0: Yeah, it's um, it's it's it is extremely sad. And, and it um, wouldn't happen
1: now. That's the thing. It they wouldn't, wouldn't it happen now, from. but
0: it's a product of unfortunately what you know a lot of wrestlers were doing at the time, which it's you know it's a man. massive shame, and uh, it's also a shame what WWE have you know. Insisted on trying to do to the legacy by, you know, creating LOD 2000.
1: Yeah, that was, you know, yeah.
0: It's, it was never going to work. You know, if you're trying to get Heidenreich over, don't put him in an iconic tag team. Call it yeah. 2000. Look at the NWO 2000. That was the oh, worst thing in the world. Exactly, yeah. So I mean, don't and then try then and ruin a legacy. It's what, unfortunately, what the WWE insist on doing.
1: And then obviously they went over to WCW and they had a short run in the early days of TNA. Um, that wasn't very good because you could tell they were far gone by then Yeah. but no those those sort of late 80s early 90s for me just brilliant Just, and they had good teams to go against as well that was the thing
0: yeah they weren't carrying a division were they
1: no they had they obviously had the Rockers and um, Demolition um, people like that hard foundation
0: yeah. just,
1: just, it was when tag teams seemed to matter as well um,
0: yeah I agree it's a shame. <laughs> it is. It is. And like you say, it is in a you know, a time when iconic tag teams, you know, you've got the mm-hmm. Rockers, you have got LOD, you've got Demolition, you it's know like Midnight Express. Exactly. And... The Rock and Roll Express. All these yeah. teams that you still look back on now and think, Good God, that was a good time for tag teams.
1: And they're still teams, most exactly. of them as well.
0: Exactly. And then you look at nowadays, you know, a tag team that's been together three, four months, is a tag team that's been going, you know, mm-hmm. a long time. <laughs> I mean, yeah. they broke Enzo and Cass up. They'd never won a title, and they'd been together for three years. In my opinion, they still had so much mileage left in the team. Yeah, they did. You know, but LOD or Road Warriors or whatever you wanted to call them built up that you know that legacy, that dynasty, and it really has kind of carried them through, despite what the WWE have tried to do in <laughs> uh, in the meantime. So, my number four—I haven't cheated. It is a single wrestler. <laughs> uh, is the Rated R Superstar Edge? Yes. Um, I absolutely love this man. I wanted to be Edge, um, <laughs> just because I genuinely thought he was the coolest thing in the world. Um, one of my big memories of um of the Attitude Era was WrestleMania 17, which is still now, um, you know, however many WrestleManias on, you know, 17 WrestleManias on in April, mm. is still the best pay per view event that WWE have ever put on. Yeah. And the big match for me was TLC 2. You know, watching yes. Edge, Christian, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. the Hardys, and the Dudleys. You know, again, three great tag teams. Mm-hmm. Um, and just Edge was just mesmerizing. That spear from, you know, that <laughs> took Jeff Hardy from the belts was just incredible.
1: Just, yeah. I mean, it's it's a highlight. It's yeah, absolutely. always on the highlight.
0: Everything from the five second poses to, you know, <laughs> their the work with Kurt Angle. Just, you know, it's absolutely amazing. Um, then, of course, they broke Edge up from Christian. And even at the young age when I was watching, I was very hesitant to actually think, mm, this isn't going to go well. Yeah. Um, I saw Edge's run going very much along the same lines as Christian's, which was very, he was a mid carder and nothing else. Yeah, to the left. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. Um, but, you know, he progressed. He did so much that was amazing. And in a, a time in the company when, like I said, that was that lull. Yeah. He was one of the genuine stars. You know, you look at what he did. He was the first person with the money in the bank briefcase. You know, an iconic moment in WWE. And
1: when he cashed it in, it was sort of...
0: That cash-in is still my favourite cash-in. Yeah. Bar and Seth thing, Rollins is at
1: WrestleMania. It, it garnered him a, a nickname, didn't it?
0: Yeah, exactly. The, um, you know.
1: The well, opportunist, it. It? It was it? I couldn't remember
0: the first word. Like, <laughs> it's the opportunist. What's he called? Um, you know... I know, it's, it's never great. Done.
1: It was, I mean, oh, well, first Money in the Bank, but it, it showed you what the Money in the Bank could be as well. Exactly. It could be this sort of last 10 second of a match. Right, yeah. I'm going to come and take the belt.
0: And his feuds with John Cena.
1: I was just going to mention that, his, his run with Cena was excellent.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I just thought everything he did was amazing. His theme song is still one of my favourite theme well, songs. Well, I was going to
1: mention that, I mean... That, that theme song is the reason I, I got into Alterbridge. Alter Bridge was yeah. fantastic. I, I bought their first album because of that song. Yeah. Um, brilliant. I mean, I think he even thanked them, didn't he? he thanked them in his um, farewell speech. Yeah.
0: Because that is good. so iconic. Mm-hmm. Now, for me, anyway, when he comes down to the ring, and my, um, I was listening to someone uh, talk about what is your favourite wrestling moment. And even though it's not my favorite, one of my favorite moments is his return at the Royal Rumble 2010. <laughs> when he returned at number 30, he wasn't due back for God knows how long. And the pop yeah. that got was just incredible. You know, yeah, this cool. man, you know, he's gone through everything. You know, he's gone through that storyline with Matt Hardy about Lita, you know, and <laughs> has come out, you know, as the ultimate heel, but has still managed to be one of the most loved WWE stars yeah. ever. Again, wasn't unbelievable in the ring. His spear was fairly tame, um, but he's still just incredible.
1: He always um, just yeah. He always seemed to just do enough.
0: He did yeah.
1: Never sort of really. Um, other than the, like I say, the couple of matches he had with seen where they both sort of pushed each other. Yeah. You never really sort of. I don't know. You never seemed to really get. Past sort of fourth gear, if you know what I mean. No, but he always did enough. He and did. That's what I think. I think that's why he was so. When he, was, especially when he was heel, he always just thought he he just did it again. He's like sort of nicked it into the end again.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And another kind of underrated feud he had was that with Ric Flair. Um, I thought that feud was really good. The skit about the um, the drink driving thing, I thought that was really good. <laughs> you know, it just it was that kind of you know.
1: When they good get it, still do that as well. It was
0: yeah. Just his Still. antagonistic side I loved. Yeah. Um so yeah, my number four, Adam Copeland, Edge. Who's yeah. your number three then?
1: Go number on. three. Um it is Mr Perfect. Wow, Ken Henning. Yeah. Um and I mean, to be honest, I only I only really know like a few years of his run, um, up until he left for WCW, so I think we're being about five or six years. But um I don't know, just even even when I was young, you you could watch him and you could see this, this guy is sort of really special in the ring. He Yeah. He made everything look so smooth. Um he made everything look quite real. Um selling. I don't think there was anyone better. Um and you can see it now, you can see people now in today's product still doing the things that he used to do. Especially in people like Dolph Ziggler. Um I think even Sean Michaels did a lot of the stuff, you know, the sort of flip over the turnbuckle yeah. that Sean Michaels used to do. I mean, first person I served it, that was like, was Mr. Perfect. Um, slingshot into the ring post was perfect. Um, as much as he had with, um, like, Bret Hart, was like a masterclass. Because he, he knew how to sort of really, really egg the crowd. Because yeah. he, would, he would get somebody in a headlock and hold them for a minute. And then they tried to get out and he pulled them back. And you could see the crowd getting really worked up saying, come on, give us some wrestling. Um, but just everything about him is vignettes, are the best vignettes ever. When when he was sort of coming in with Heenan and he was doing all the sort of um, throwing the basketball over his head mm. and it was going into the basket. <laughs> obviously, they were making it look like, like every time, first time. Um, just everything about him, brilliant, just even now as well, when because he when he used to come down to the ring with his towel, and then sometimes he'd come down with the chewing gum and he would spit it and hit it with his hand. I yeah. still do that now. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh,
0: Walking down the street, pretending you're Mister well, Perfect.
1: Sometimes, if if I need to get rid of it, I'd spit it and hit it with my hand, <laughs> and I think that, that's Mister Perfect. Just brilliant. Um, just another
0: one it makes you want to pick up a basketball, and throw it over. Oh your head. yeah, <laughs> just
1: bounce <laughs> off the side. Um, and I mean, he didn't really need him. He was quite. He was quite good on sort of the promos, but when he was with Heenan, it was like a perfect match. Though. Because Heenan had knew how to say how to get him over so well with sort of making everything perfect. If you know what I mean, you'd say this is this because he's perfect. This is this, just brilliant. It was such a such a great sort of pairing. Um, and then when Perfect moved on to commentary, again it was yeah. just brilliant. Just. Because he was coming in it from a different angle, because mm. um, I think I'm, I think he came in maybe just after sort of Jesse Ventura, maybe. Two I think very different
0: he, styles. Two when styles he was injured, stuff, but
1: he was obviously he was the, he was the, the heel commentator. Um, but I don't know, he just he seemed to have the sort of really good sort of way to 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 really wind up. Well, it was Vincent I think Guerrilla at the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I always remember seeing, there was one where um, he was commentating and the camera was behind him, so they had to turn and introduce the match. And he had his pen and he kept sort of spinning it on his finger and then winking at the camera. Even though he wasn't talking or anything like that, I think he was meant to And everything about him was just, he played the character so well. Um, but yeah, that's Mr Perfect, number, number three brilliant.
0: Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, his Intercontinental Championship feud with Bret Hart hmm. is... It's just it is. I keep using this word. It's iconic. (laughs) Um, I mean, obviously, I didn't see a lot of Mr. Perfect stuff live. Um, In fact, the first things I knew about Mr. Perfect were um, when he was with WCW as part of the NWO. It was still pretty good. I mean, it was still pretty good, but it doesn't do him the the service he deserves. No, because you look back at his WWE stuff, mm -hmm. you know, especially you know the stuff with Bret Hart the stuff with Heenan you know he was extremely underrated
1: oh yeah and he never won that world championship
0: how he never did that when you consider people like Jinder Mahal have won it now
1: that's the thing it's 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 it's, it's just yeah it is because that that intercontinental belt was always this is the wrestler's belt this is Mm -hmm. the the sort of the technical belt Um, and he was and him and Brett they can say that the matches they had were just masterclasses
0: well, if you look, who's had that belt, especially in that period, you've got Mr. Perfect, you've got Bret Hart, and you've got Shawn Michaels. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not going to get three better wrestlers feuding over that belt, yeah, are you? Really? That, so, I mean,
1: even yeah. when you brought in people like sort of Razor Ramon, and people yeah, that had it. Um, such a good, such a good era for that belt. I think that's why I still love it so much.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: So I'm, I think that's why I'm so glad Miz has got it.
0: Yeah, I. I mean, if we were talking most improved wrestlers, Miz would top this list.
1: Oh. Well, yeah. by
0: an absolute country mile he is now one of the main reasons
1: I tune into Raw, without
0: huh, yeah. a
1: shadow of a doubt he's, he's the best Intercontinental Champion I've had in a very very long time, because he, yeah. he he makes it important, he makes it feel important again Yeah, he does. Um, he'll does. do anything to keep it, he'll do anything to get it
0: I mean I and love that he's
1: the best heel, I yeah, think he as is. well him and like Nexus Nexus sort of, I don't know Braun maybe. <laughs>
0: yeah, but they're trying <laughs> to turn so, him face, so it looks yeah. like Miz is going to be heel number one. I'll be really annoyed if he loses to Corbin at Survivor yeah, Series. Yeah, yeah, very annoyed. Um, so, your number three, Mister Perfect. Perfect. My number three is Kevin Owens. Yes. Um, perfect. I'll be perfectly honest. I didn't watch a lot of his stuff when he was on the Indies. Um, I didn't know a lot about Kevin Steen. Um. But I, just heard, I, I just heard things, yeah. Yeah, I knew it. I knew it was a big thing when they started kind of advertising him to a, to appear hmm. in NXT, um, because the crowd reaction was like, "Oh my god, yeah, we've got Kevin Steen." <laughs> yeah. Um, so I went back, looked at a you know, looked at his stuff, and it was like, "Oh my god, this man's incredible." There's a promo that you can that you can YouTube where he's with the Young Bucks and Adam Cole, hmm. and it is just it's it's the best thing it's just incredible so then obviously he debuted in NXT by absolutely destroying the living hell out of Sami, <laughs> Sami Zayn which that was, was such just a good turn as well oh yeah. my life it was definitely one of the most impactful debuts i've ever seen definitely and then just everything he did from that point he's one of the very very few NXT call-ups that they haven't bungled mm-hmm. and you look at what he's done his debut on the main roster was absolutely perfect yeah. that that feud with John Cena yes he ultimately lost but he came out of it looking strong like oh, really yeah
1: because he good. pushed Cena to the absolute max he did like yeah and I think with the ones as well he's, he's one of those people that I don't think they ever need to turn him face ever I hope they don't I he's really so good hope they don't being sort of he has so many different characters yeah I mean the stuff he did with Jericho was magic
0: absolutely Absolutely, the stuff he does with Jericho was absolutely fantastic. The stuff he's doing now with Sami Zayn, mm-hmm. oh, it's it's the best thing on SmackDown.
1: Brilliant, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's
0: a show where Jinder's champion, so it's not <laughs> got a lot to compete against. But um, honestly, just this man can do no wrong in my eyes. And we spoke earlier about um, men of a larger size. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe you know years ago, not being able, you know not being seen as wrestlers properly, yeah. but now you've got people like Samoa Joe, you've got people like Kevin Owens, and Kevin Owens, despite his size, you know, make no bones about it, he's not, you know, ripped, but when he's doing, you know, moonsaults, and oh, yeah. he's doing the cannonball, and he's doing yeah. all these moves, he's does so the gifted. The frog splash that he does is brilliant as well. That frog splash is incredible. Mm. I mean, he's so gifted in the ring, and on the microphone... He's just he's what he's up there with Miz as one of Definitely. the best promo givers in the WWE at the moment.
1: It's his um, it's it's his it's his little touches as well. Like if you'd be in the middle of a sentence and he'll just quickly say, "Look, you shut up," to someone in the crowd. Yeah. And it's not it's not like some superstars would say, "Oh, sort of, sort of you people of Chicago, shut up," sort of thing. Yeah. Just singles one guy out. You shut up.
0: Yeah, you. I'm looking at you. Yeah.
1: And he carries it on. He keep I mean he's probably one of the last who's actually trying to even keep any sort of kayfabe With his Twitter and with his Twitter, yeah. If you look at it um if you look at some of the videos from the live events where normally they would sort of have a laugh. And he's not he's he's deadly serious with the crowd and that one that he has with um you've seen the one where he's with uh, Roman Reigns?
0: Yes. He hasn't at
1: the headlock. <laughs> and he's basically calling this guy out saying that I've earned $80,000 this month, how much have you had? Or while he's
0: got Roman Reigns in the headlock.
1: And Roman Reigns is trying not to laugh.
0: <laughs> but everything he does is like that. You mean? I mean, I follow him on Twitter and I like, just I could read his Twitter feed as he's just, like, there's people like Baron Corbin on Twitter who mm-hmm. will answer fans back in just the cringiest way in the world and you're like, oh man, just leave yeah. it, please. And then Stop you look the at camp. Kevin Owens and just he's, you know, he's slagging off people's grammar you know, there was one where um, it was something, something. Uh, you're Kevin Owens, and um, it was supposed to be you are Kevin Owens. Yes. But said it was like the the possessive one, <laughs> and Kevin just <laughs> went, "I don't know where I've put my Kevin Owens. Where's yours?" And it's just it's just little <laughs> things like that that just make him so funny. And you know, when you see that man contrasted with kind of how much of a family man he actually is. Mm-hmm. It yeah. just, it shows how much work he puts into that character.
1: I mean, and he worked it, that all in with his first sort of NXT thing, didn't he? Yeah, absolutely. I'm doing this for my family. Like, you're not taking the belt because it's giving me food on the table sort of thing. Yeah. So he was looking for the, he had a bit of sympathy, but then obviously power bombed. some reason, off the side of the, the, the apron. The
0: nicest man in the world. <laughs> <laughs> he basically slapped a dog, didn't he? That's effectively <laughs> what he did in yeah. his NXT debut. Um, but just everything he does I can't think of anything bad I mean yeah his matches with AJ Styles weren't the barnstormers they could have been mm-hmm. but that's been very picky
1: Yeah.
0: Um, for me there's nothing this man that's done
1: that he's done that is wrong or bad stuff they did in the um, the ladder match at was it? last WrestleMania with Zayn um, as... yeah and then did he do the I can't remember if it was him who jumped off on um, Luke Harper.
0: Yes. Oh my god.
1: Him. Um, I, th- I think it was him it anyway. Him. But um, I, I mean, remember some of the, the ladder match. I mean, if you look at some of the stuff he's- yeah yeah the stuff he used to do on the indies were absolutely insane.
0: Yeah, the stuff um, he does on the indies is just unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And you know, the, you look at the people he's wrestled. You know, these are good wrestlers, and he's oh, taken yeah. them to their limits. Mm-hmm. And again, you look at him, there's, just, there's no way he should be able to do the stuff he does. Um, but unbelievable man, unbelievable promo giver, fantastic yeah. wrestler. Kevin Owens is number three for me. And we Brilliant. move into the top two. Who's yes. number two?
1: Number two. It was tough because of the, the top two have been my top two since I was about 10 years old. Um, wow. But number two, Ultimate Warrior. Really? Yeah. Okay, tell me um, all. Just... Just overall sort of insanity. Um, I mean,
0: everybody. You mean I mean,
1: just oh yeah, yeah, that, that one. Um, I mean, he's he was never a good wrestler. Everybody knows that he was. He was basically a bodybuilder in a ring. Yeah. Um, but his promos were, especially for a kid, something that you just. St- Sat there and watched with your mouth wide open, seeing how is this man from another planet? Um, especially when he's sort of screaming, sort of bring the plane down, Hogan and things like that. It's, yeah.
0: Um,
1: and then obviously his entrance was unbelievable, especially like I said to a sort of nine, ten year old. Yeah. Um, I mean, he would get down to the ring and he'd be, he would be done. He'd be absolutely knackered, <laughs> so run around the ring like a lunatic, and there's music i was loved his music because it was again it was just perfect it's shaking the ropes that was like nobody nobody was that intense at the especially at the time
0: yeah
1: um and i mean he did have some good matches he like rick rick rude really sort of brought the best out in him with their the feuds that they had yeah um but i mean he, he looked the part his face paint was amazing i, I mean how many times i used to draw that symbol of his as a kid um I mean, I remember the the match where I sort of the sort of passing of the torch with Hogan, um, where he won sort of Intercontinental and the World Championship at the time.
0: WrestleMania six, yeah.
1: Yeah, and he, I mean, he didn't have the face paint. I remember looking at and thinking that's the first time I've ever seen him without the face paint because mm. it was such a sort of grueling match for him. Um, he was, i mean—he was the only person who never really, he never really trekked the belts with any real sort of. Reverence, he used to swing them around, hanging them up in the end. I just everything about them was so different to everything else at the time. Yeah, um, he was just just to me, he was, he was like an explosion on the TV. Yeah. Um, and then he had his sort of he left to go to WCW, which was I think he had what three matches,
0: I believe so. Yeah, One and it was which was was ju- the Halloween habit match with Hogan, which we're actually covering on the channel. Uh, this right. weekend oh, uh, yeah it's uh, in wrestling's worst matches it's yes. um, it's not great and when you compare it like you said to that passing of the torch match in Wrestlemania 6 it's such a when shame you've
1: got, you've got two very limited wrestlers yeah. technically but then they're still put on these matches where it's drama It's that was one thing he was actually quite good at was sort of telling the story in the ring because there was often you would think this man can't be hurt, but then you would get hurt. Then he would do his sort of comeback, um, and then like you see you contrast it with what he was doing, you could just tell he wasn't interested.
0: Mm. It was a big um, money maker. Yeah, he was absolutely just just from merch sales. I imagine the WWE made a killing with the Ultimate Warrior. Um,
1: and there was that um, that absolute crazy bit where he was sort of like a ghost in the in the mirror with Hogan and things like that. And it was, there was no explanation either.
0: It was like mm-hmm. there was a lot of half kind of boiled stories mm-hmm. that yeah. Ultimate Warrior gone do this and this and this yeah. and then he just wasn't bothered about finishing them. And this is this is quite interesting because like obviously we both watch wrestlings uh, in different eras mm-hmm. and obviously you have this this image of the Ultimate Warriors, you know, insanity in the ring, iconic <laughs> in the ring. And because I've grown up in like a different era The kind of the legacy of the Ultimate Warrior has been kind of tarnished slightly. Oh yeah,
1: because WWE WWE, when he had all the sort of fallouts, didn't he? So exactly,
0: and you know he didn't help, you know, with things he said and things like that.
1: That's the thing. I mean, you have to very much separate the man from the character.
0: Exactly, exactly, and if you look at him from a purely wrestling point of view, he is one of you know, the most iconic wrestlers. Mm-hmm. I hate using that word because I've used it so much in this podcast. I've used it more in this podcast than I swear <laughs> I've used it in any other podcast. <laughs> but um, he is, there's no other word for it, he is one of the most iconic wrestlers from the face paint to the entrance, which is just that entrance against the honky-tonk man where he won the Intercontinental Championship. Uh-huh, yeah. Again, it's one of those moments that you just think, wow, that's happened, um, that's just I mean, happened.
1: The, I always remember, I mean, that, well, it was the first time I'd ever st- seen him really alive was um, Somersand 90 in the steel cage match with um, Rig Rude. Oh wow. And he comes down and it's the old blue cage. So it didn't have yeah. a top. He comes down and he's shaking. He's climbing on it and he's shaking the the cage. And you, you think this is going to collapse. I don't think it's meant to do this. <laughs> he doesn't care.
0: Under the weight of his own ego. And
1: obviously you throw Bobby, um, Bobby Heenan into it at the time as well. And he gives Bobby Heenan the... Um, the slam and he flies out the door, but um, just everything about him was just it's, like I said. It was more so when I was a kid, just so intense. Yeah. Um, like a like a real life comic book character. Yes. Um, which is funny enough, he went along, went on and made his own comic.
0: He did where he effectively he like, kidnapped and raped
1: Santa. And he was, was just. Yeah, weird. like. <laughs> <laughs> just. But no, don't worry. It was just yeah, just not so much even as matches, just the the entrance the promos especially the promos they were absolutely mental yeah. still don't know what he meant no and no of, I don't think anybody did
0: in my head there's still people at universities deep down below the universities trying to work out what the rough, you know the ultimate warrior <laughs> was getting at in some of his uh, in some of his promos especially in WCW yeah uh, where it was, he just rambled for like yeah. twenty minutes in the ring in the ring yeah <laughs> whilst Hogan is just standing there going what are you doing mate just shh please
1: it was. It was. It, it was so sort of, so sort of heartbreaking the way he died as well. I mean, yeah. Quite fitting I suppose, because he. It was obviously just after the his induction introduc- into the Hall of Fame and things like that. So you kind of think he maybe held on for that.
0: Yeah, and that every heart beats its last. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's, it's like knew. Very poignant. Very
1: poignant. Yeah. And and it was. Like, oh, I, like, It's it's one of the very very few sort of celebrity stroke wrestlers' deaths that actually stopped us in me tracking them. Yeah. So, thought so this is, this is one of the guys I grew up watching, like one of my heroes, as such. Yeah. The yeah. so scene back in that ring was brilliant, though. I mean, when he put that mask on, it was brilliant.
0: And it's nice that be- obviously it's not nice that he died, obviously, but it's <laughs> nice that before he died, he'd made amends with the WWE <laughs> and they were able to carry on this legacy. You know, you've got a lot of stuff with Warrior now, <laughs> um, yeah. that's working with I think it's Susan G. Komen they're working with. Oh, yeah,
1: and they do the whole Warrior Foundation thing and yeah, his wife's heavily involved.
0: And it's nice that they are rebuilding that legacy with that. And mm-hmm. that, that is nice because, you know, for his contribution to wrestling, he does deserve mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Um, I don't know, I'm going to follow that um, because my number two is Bray Wyatt. Really? Yeah. Now, I'm looking forward to kind of vindicating this because anyone <laughs> that listens to this podcast will know that I love Bray Wyatt. Um, and I die a little inside every time he appears on Raw because <laughs> WWE seem to have made it their mission at the moment to destroy every They'd last shred of credibility this character has. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, when he first debuted in the Nexus as Husky, Husky Harris, Harris, the uh, <laughs> the tank with the Ferrari engine, uh, and they put him in <laughs> trunks that did absolutely nothing to nah. hide his figure. Um, and he had that horrible little chin beard. He did. He had the Limp biscuit beard and yeah. Dean Ambrose hair. Um, and it was it was all very he looked very very generic and mm-hmm. then he went back to OVW um, sorry he went back to Florida Championship Wrestling sorry, came back up and he just there was such a transformation he was, yeah. you know, was soft spoken um, the stuff he said was intriguing he was a character that I didn't care what he did in the ring, I hung on every yeah. single word um, and he was weirdly the wrestler that got me back into wrestling um, mm-hmm. little story here I play cricket, as if I'm not cool enough. Um, <laughs> and there was a player that I played with who was captain at the time who grew a beard and someone said, oh, you look like Bray Wyatt. I was like, who's Bray Wyatt? Googled it, YouTubed it, kind of went down the YouTube track and just <laughs> everything, the backstory of this character was so intriguing. Oh, you know, yeah, the that was... Wyatt family at their strongest. you know, Before they bought in Braun Strowman, you know, when it was Rowan, Harper and Wyatt mm-hmm. and they were just dominating people you know, it was just, it was incredible.
1: It was so mysterious as it well. It really was. The best was
0: part. You know, you've got that omen of Sister Abigail hanging over. You know, you've got just that gang mentality, that cult mentality. And they put on some absolutely stellar matches. I mean, it's not Bray Wyatt, but Harper and Roan put on the match with the Usos, which was incredible. Mm-hmm. You've got the three-on-three at Elimination Chamber with The Shield, which was yeah. one of my all-time favourite matches. Bray versus Daniel Bryan at the Royal Rumble 2014. That was amazing. Mm-hmm. It yeah, just, yeah. it proves what Bray can do. But at the moment, and you know, you look at his, eight months ago, he was world champion. And now, he's walking around with a towel on his head pretending to be yeah. a woman. It just, <laughs> has yeah, like anybody the... fallen as hard as Bray Wyatt?
1: No, never. I mean, when you look back at his, his sort of dream matchup against The Undertaker and you got that injury just before. I know. that was It was tell. so hard. Yeah.
0: To watch it and, you know Bray said in interviews that you know it would have been a lot better if he wasn't injured mm-hmm. um and it that should have been the passing of the torch to Bray Definitely yeah and Bray should be dominating you know he should be a dominant heel um and he can go in the ring it's not like he's pathetic in the ring just with a really good character Yeah you know he can go in the ring as proved by you know the shield matches um the one with Daniel Bryan um the elimination chamber match uh, in February, when he won the title, he looked so dominant. Yeah, you know that's the sister Abigail was being booked like the most destructive move in the history of the WWE. It took yeah. out Cena and AJ in in one match, but and all it I mean, was was a vehicle to get the title. And him. I think that the, the, the they, don't
1: even, they don't even get over the fact that he's actually a big guy, mm. big, powerful, yeah. strong guy. Um, it, it, it's pretty sad. I mean, he must be dying inside with the stuff they're giving him.
0: Yeah, exactly. What I'm hoping, because I'm trying to make lemonade out of lemons here, (laughs) but what I'm hoping is, with this Sister Abigail thing, because if what they do is debut Sister Abigail and he loses his first match, what the bloody hell is the point? Because the whole thing of the Bray Wyatt character is that Sister Abigail is there. They've already made it crap by making it (laughs) you know, trying to Bray. So, which (laughs) kills me to say I hate that.
1: I couldn't believe it when I saw that. Honestly, I just I thought it was a joke. I honestly thought, no, that something real's going to happen.
0: Well, when I saw the news that it was going to be... Uh, originally, it was breaking that it was going to be Paige or Nikki Cross. I was like, oh, don't yeah. do that. You know, Paige, everyone knows who Paige is. And Nikki Cross, don't take her away from Sanity. She's doing amazing work with, with Sanity and NXT. Yeah. And then the news broke that it was going to be Bray. I was like, you can't be serious. How is that going to work? And just... The way it should be is just that Bray is embodied with the spirit of Sister Abigail, You don't need the towel. You don't need the horrible pitch shifted voice. Yeah. Just, you know, have him fight like an absolute demonic maniac. Yeah. And just go through
1: people. Or if they really want to do something, because basically what they're making out is he's possessed. Exactly. Some sort of, yeah. Make it where that something during a match clicks and he changes his style or something like that. Just.
0: That's what you want. Where I mean, he goes,
1: where he gets a bit rabid, because normally he's quite sort of, sort of, um, like stalking and he takes his time. But make it so he becomes really rabid or something like that, just yeah. to show the shift. But I don't think the writers have got that in them.
0: I don't think the writers. Well, there's all this. These um, it's coming out why the real reason Emma was released and that was because mm. she had beef with creative, basically, because really? she didn't want to do the Emily thing.
1: she refused the um, yeah. the gimmick, didn't she?
0: Exactly. And do you blame her?
1: Really? Well, let's. At least it's shown a bit of integrity.
0: Yeah, exactly. You know, wrestlers need that. And um, there was rumours earlier this year about Bray being unhappy, especially the fact that he didn't even get a rematch for the World Championship. Mm. And, you know, this is a man who, up until uh, TLC 2016, hadn't won a title. You know, and then he won the tag titles with Randy. And then he got his house burnt down by Randy and lost the title in the worst match of the year.
1: That's another thing that could have... They could have eked that out much more. Yeah. I and agree. made it made it really sort of I mean they try to do that whole house brawl thing which could have worked. Um <laughs> but the the they, they, they try to hope they tried to make it to sort of broken Matt Hardy thing.
0: Yeah. And again, that oh, imagine a broken Matt Hardy versus Bray Wyatt feud. That, yeah. Oh, it would be magic. But if we talk about Bray Wyatt anymore, I might cry. So <laughs> He is my number two. He was the man that got me back into wrestling. Bray, if you're listening, I still love you, despite the fact (laughs) that no one else does. Um, Yeah, number two, Bray Wyatt. So we're into number one now. We're into our favorite wrestlers of all time. As proved by my list, I think, it's not the greatest of all time um, because Bray Wyatt was my number two. So (laughs) I'm really intrigued now to see what your number one is. I've got an idea in my head of who it might be.
1: Yeah, I think you're probably going to guess it.
0: Am I going to guess it? I think so. And, yeah, uh, yeah go for it, man. Who's your number one wrestler of all time?
1: The best there was, the best uh, will be. Bret Hart.
0: Wow, fantastic.
1: It wasn't who um, I thought it was going to be. <laughs> really? It wasn't Hogan. You are thinking of Hogan.
0: I was thinking of Hogan, yeah.
1: Yeah. I've never been a big Hogan fan. Honestly. Um, watching,
0: watching the network. Like nowadays, you look at Hulk's matches, and he's just like, eh. Mm. You know, it's a very, very plodding style. But anyway, Bret Hart, Bret like...
1: yeah, just everything. Um, again, it's from an early age. You could, I could sort of see he's, he's a step above everybody else. Sort of technically in the ring, the way he sort of tells the stories in the ring. Sort of like when, when he sort of was selling the moves, he actually looked hurt. Whereas sometimes you would see the others and they would just pop back up after him. If he looked genuinely like you were hurt and you would sort of think, oh, I don't think he's going to make it through this one. Um, but, it, I mean, it started, obviously, because I was quite young when I started, it was when he was in the Hart Foundation. So there's him and the Anvil. Yeah. Um, and even Anvil, I mean, it was never great, but they worked because Brett could do all the, the technical stuff an anvil could come in and just hold people up and beat them down yeah um the heart attack move was i used to love that move good move um and again it was from an era where the tag teams mattered so when they broke up it was a really big deal yeah um when sort of he went off to do the sort of run against um perfect and um he did the stuff with like michaels um Famously, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, this is, I mean, that, that that's one of the reasons why. Still today, um, I'm stuck quite sour on Shawn Michaels. I never, since that Montreal thing, I never liked Shawn Michaels as good as he is, and never as good as the
0: matches were. 20 just, years
1: no, honestly, it's it's strange because I mean, what does it matter to me? Um, but no, um, the matches were Austin, which. Obviously, it was close to, I mean, that was sort of the kickoff of the attitude area. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: because it was the time when the new guard, like Austin, was saying the sort of likes of Bret Hart, I don't care about your technicality, I just want to beat your ass. Yeah. Um, that Ironman match he had when he with them, um, just where he passed out. Yeah. Um, the 60 minute he had with Michaels. Um He's had so many good matches. Um, I mean, even his match with Bulldog at um, Wembley. Oh,
0: SummerSlam 88. uh,
1: SummerSlam 92. No, 92, sorry. Not 88, 92, Um, sorry. And apparently, I mean, I didn't know this until I read Brett's book. Um, Bulldog couldn't perform because he was still half high on crack um, from the night before and he was really, really nervous. And um, apparently, Brett said to him, don't worry, I'll get us through it. Just, just follow my lead and it's in a, you would never ever know because Bulldog wins it and he comes out looking like a million dollars yeah um, it's such a great match and then I, there's so many I mean there's match with Owen at um, Wrestlemania 10 Fantastic. opening match um, just two absolute top of the game wrestlers that's the um, night
0: where Brett, didn't Brett wrestle twice
1: You wrestled twice um, yeah you wrestled Yokozuna Yokozuna Mm uh, hmm um, and then uh, that was that was sort of the start of the downfall as well. Um, yeah. That was when obviously Michaels was starting to come in um, and they did that match with, um, well, it was Michaels Razor in the ladder match. Yeah. And you could see the shift there. You could see, because um, I'm pretty sure the following Rumble or SummerSlam is when Joker's going to beat Brett for the title. Um, and that was when if you like in the book that was when Brett really sort of lost his rag didn't really didn't want to lose it <laughs> um, I think he is a bit precious about his legacy as well I mean he he, he whinges on like a cantankerous old man now which is a bit sad um, because he's got this sort of legacy of amazing work
0: yeah absolutely
1: Um. He was never great with promos, that was that was the one thing you really never sort of, you never really believed that he was um, going to do any damage, if you know what I mean.
0: No, I agree, yeah. he was he was very, I'm hesitant to say boring on the
1: mic, but... No, I, I, it was, I get it, yeah, yeah. Clinical?
0: Yeah, it was, there was very the little ring, emotion it's...
1: in oh, his yeah. promos. That, that's the one thing I think he really, really lacked was... I mean he could sell and he could look hurt, but he, he never really you would never see him sort of go to the crowd and sort of say, Come on, let's sort of do this. He he was yeah. very much focused on his match and you could tell you could tell inside he was sort of if this doesn't go right, I've screwed up sort of thing. Yeah. Um but it's just I don't know, he um to me he's the best WWE champion. Just for sheer sort of um, matches that he had to keep it Matches that he had when he lost it And then won it back um, He was another one who really felt like The continental title meant something Yeah, I agree um, His matches were perfect, were excellent um, You could tell he really liked working with him um, And one of the best matches I think I, I ever saw him in was It was on this old VHS that I had called um, What was it called? It was called High Flyers and Something else. It was like double. It was like a house show video, yeah. and it was like the best bits from the house shows from whatever year it was. And he has a match with Ted DiBiase, right. and it's when and the 20, sort of Million Dollar Man was sort of coming at the end of his sort of run, and it's such a great match. Really? And there's only about there's only I would say six or seven sort of moves in the match, but they're both selling everything, and the like Million Dollar Man's playing the really sort of cowardly heel, and he's sort of backing away. Um, Just too, like, brilliant, and you could tell he was, like, Brett was sort of relishing working with him because he could sort of, he could get all his moves in and he would sell them and Ted DBS would get his moves in and it's just, mm-hmm. those are the sort of things that, I don't know, just as a kid, I mean, I, I looked for everything I could with Brett Hart. I had the Brett Hart um, pillowcase and that. I remember the, um what they called the, um, the, the, the Buddies? Yes, um, I know what you mean. The sort of plush teddies that had them, um, Big yep. Boss Man and Bret Hart. And Bret Hart was always on that side of my bed.
0: Always, <laughs> obviously. Obviously. Um, and <laughs> poor Big Boss man.
1: I, I was just so I was gutted that I never got to go down to Wembley when they were there that in ninety two at that time. Yeah. Um and
0: And it's such pro- an iconic match now as well.
1: Oh yeah, that's it. And you probably won't remember, but back when I was a kid, the Smarties smartest tubs. They used to do um, tokens where you could collect these sunglasses in in a tub. Really? And they like roll out sunglasses. And they were the just like Bret Hart sunglasses. And I remember nagging my mum every day. Come on, go and get some smarties. Because I needed to save these tokens up. And I got them finally. And it was just, honestly, I felt, I felt like the coolest kid in, on the block, even though I was the saddest because I was the only one in <laughs> Spent like £500 on Smarties These roll out shades Are the biz Um,
0: (laughs) The most impractical sunglasses in the world Oh
1: oh, yeah Um, And to top everything off as well um, Those I had um, It was when The WWE house shows used to be In Newcastle Really close by um, Mm. And we went to one of the shows It must have been 95 I think Or 94 And Bret Hart was fighting The Undertaker Um, Again was When the undertaker was still sort of dead man,
0: yeah,
1: brilliant match. But uh, when he used to come to the crowd and give the kid the glasses, the kid next to me got the glasses. Oh,
0: you're joking!
1: <laughs> Genuinely so, thought well, at the end of that story, you're like, no, no, and no, no, I no. was that kid, the kid next to me, and I was so <laughs> devastated. Um, I was there with my one of my friends and his dad, and um, I just sat, and, sat down on my seat on my head. Well, <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> I missed off the match because I was so good because <laughs> <laughs> came over got this off and I thought he's coming to me he's coming to me <laughs> Bret Hart is coming to me and he, the kid next to me I thought
0: unbelievable oh, and I bet yeah. he didn't but, have half the love of Bret that you have
1: uh, and on the way out um, on the way out I got a Bret Hart um, giant hand so that was some you know, consolation <laughs> yeah but no I mean Bret Hart just I don't know he seemed he loved the wrestling he loved um, again he's another one who had a bit of integrity mm. Um. And the way he left, when um, CM Punk did his sort of pipe bomb thing, it reminded me so much of the Bret Hart thing. Yeah. When he went to WCW because it was real. It was. The lines were so blurred. And um, I think that's why I love that feud so much. The pipe bomb thing because it was so close to that. Yeah. And it was. And obviously everyone's seen the documentary since with a job. Um, I was just
0: going to say, that documentary is so eye-opening. Especially the wrestling,
1: wrestling With Shadows one.
0: Yeah, especially the yeah. bit where um, Brett and Sean are in the changing rooms. Mm-hmm. And Brett said, did you know?
1: And Sean's like, like no.
0: no, just... I swear on my life, I didn't know.
1: And he did. And yeah, it's just, he did. So when you find out he didn't, obviously he goes in and gives Vince a clock. It just absolutely
0: mm-hmm. belts Vince one.
1: Um, and the other the, the stories you hear about don't you? About um, the Undertaker sort of stepping in and things like that. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, I think the whole thing around Bret Hart has just been just quite interesting. That yeah, whole screwjob thing, I, I think as bad as it was for him, I think it sort of cemented his legacy. Yeah. Um,
0: He'll be forever remembered.
1: Just a, It's a real, real shame what happened to him mm. with the sort of kick to the head from Goldberg and the stroke and all that stuff because I think he, he still had quite a few years left in him at that point.
0: Yeah, I I agree, and to be honest, I wish that had been his last match. Um, yeah. As opposed to that five star classic he wrestled with uh, Vince McMahon at WrestleMania. Yeah, it
1: was. That was not the comeback we needed.
0: No, no, we didn't need a comeback. No. And that's where WWE have got to realise that as well.
1: That's where they need to put the Undertaker to bed as well.
0: <laughs> oh God, yeah, I really hope he doesn't wrestle again. I really hope he does not wrestle again. It's done. He had the fan- most fantastic send off at WrestleMania mm-hmm. 33. Just keep yeah. him. Just keep him dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let him rest.
1: It. Yeah. Send Kane off next, an and then that's it.
0: That's funny you should say that actually, because my number one is Kane. Brilliant. Um, you could not have transitioned into that any better. That was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, we talk about um, iconic wrestling moments. And one of the most iconic again that bloody word um is Bad Blood, nineteen ninety seven, the debut of Kane, rips the cell door yeah. off the cage, Tombstones the Undertaker, and walks out. This is a man that can shoot flames, he can shoot lightning, he <laughs> makes fire appear from the ring posts, you know. And when you are ten or nine or whatever age I was That is, you know, that is the coolest thing in the world. Um, Kane single-handedly got me into wrestling, you know, through just everything, through the fact that he was so different, he was so bold and just stood out, you know, from his mask to his costume, to the fact that he only had one arm out and it was bulging muscles. (laughs) (laughs) You know, the fact that he was taking on The Undertaker, the fact that he was built, especially for that, that first year, year and a half, as this unstoppable, mm. like, beast, it was, was the, just... Season. Oh yeah, it the, was incredible. build-up for his brother
1: coming back and things like that.
0: Yeah, it was, he was just, he was amazing. Um, the fact that he didn't say anything, he just wrestled, destroyed opponents and left. And he let Paul Bearer be the mouthpiece. That was, like, that and 2001 Royal Rumble came, mm. where he eliminated 11 people, 11 people. and just... Looked like a million dollars. He was incredible. Um, WWE have tried their best to ruin the legacy by, you know, corporate Kane, um, you know, getting, ma- him married. getting him married, you know, have, making him have a rape baby with Lita, which then was miscarried, you know, because the WWE love, love a storyline like that. Yeah. Don't forget Katie Vick. I mean, who could? Um, you know, they've done everything to kind of... Again, take away from the legacy of Kane, but his image. What he
1: well, he's come back really, really well.
0: He's basically, as you know, I'm sure we're aware, he's been built up so that Braun Strowman can beat him. Yeah. Um, to make Braun look even stronger. Um, but I love the fact that they're actually, like, he's got a mask on, he's fighting and he's winning. Yeah. Um, you know, he's never he's never been the most outstanding wrestler in the world. He's what is described as a safe wrestler. Which is, which is fine. Um, you know, I never watched him for his wrestling prowess. I never wanted to see Kane do a lion's salt, You know, <laughs> wonderful as that would be. Um, you know, I want to see him chokeslamming the Big Show. You know, I want to see him throwing Raven through a wall at WrestleMania 17.
1: I forgot about that. Yeah, it was
0: amazing. I and I tell you what, Raven must have been limping for months after that yeah. match. Um, you know, I want to see him, you know wrestling the undertaker in iconic feuds i want to see him winning the tag titles as part of the brothers of destruction he is you know similar to the ultimate warrior not to the same extent obviously but he is a character that people know you know yes it's because of his mask um you know there's things that they could have done better with kane obviously his unmasking for example yeah you know don't give him ginger hair um don't make him look like he's been down a mine shaft you know, those kind of, you know, just just little just little points, you know. Don't make his first words. If I don't win the title, I'm going to set myself on fire because that <laughs> is stupid. Don't make him sound like an answering re- machine. <laughs> and then what was the other thing that really really hurt it? Oh, <laughs> please don't make him do a Kane or Rooney. Uh, that was also utterly diabolical. But this man for me is the reason I got into wrestling and. Mm-hmm. It's really nice that it's his twentieth year this year. Um, hashtag Twenty years of Kane, um, and he's getting the recognition he deserves because the man gave the Attitude Era absolutely everything. You know, yes, his trademark match is absolute garbage. There's never been a good Inferno match, <laughs> um, and I will fight to the hilt that there's never been a good one. But uh, I
1: don't think I've seen a good one.
0: No, <laughs> trust me, there has there's not been, been one. There's only been three, isn't there? Yeah, I think the best one is probably. Against MVP at Armageddon 2006, and when MVP is in your best match, it kind of gives you an indication of how bad the (laughs) match is. Um, But this man is just, in my opinion, well, he is my favourite wrestler, and Mm. he's one of, he's up there with, you know, the upper echelon of the Attitude Era, you know, your Stone Cold, your Rock, Kane Undertaker, Jericho, you know, Angle, towards the end, you know, he is one of, you know, Mankind, McFoley. You know, he's one of the most note, you know notable characters of the Attitude Era, and again, I just love him.
1: There's nothing yeah. that man can do wrong apart <laughs>
0: from be corporate. Okay. K. I mean, even then,
1: at least he sort of, he sort of give it his all.
0: He did absolutely. He was funny, which was good. Yeah, um, he was funny, he was even, like the T. Hell No as well. Just yeah. you know, you've gone from wrestling in a you know in a mask, you know, in a costume that everyone knows. To wrestling in goddamn dress pants. Which. And no just, top. Yeah, no top. And, you know, <laughs> Kane hasn't been in the best shape of his life. You know, he hasn't been in the best shape for years. So, you know. I'm, I'm just glad that. You know, because this is probably the first time I've thought Kane's relevant since Team Hell, mm-hmm. though. Yeah. Because um, I didn't think he was relevant in the, you know, the authority storyline, to be perfectly honest. Most of the stories could have gone on without Kane. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, He's more of like a sort of enforcer at that
0: point yeah exactly Um, but yeah so everyone those are our top fives Um, we've reached the end of the podcast thank you so much Garth for joining me mate Um, I hope you've enjoyed it
1: Yes, it's been brilliant.
0: Yeah, yeah, no problem at all. So, guys, what are your favourite wrestlers? Which ones got you back into wrestling or into wrestling in the first place? Why not talk to us on social media about it? Follow us on Twitter at WAMPodcastUK. You can follow me at RealRobGoodwin. And where can they follow you, Garth? At Drummer Jackson fantastic. Like the Facebook page for more wrestling content, polls, debates. Subscribe to the YouTube channel and to the podcast on iTunes. Don't forget to visit the website at www.wrestlingandmoreblog.weebly.com Also, don't forget to get your votes in for the Wrestling and More End of Year Wrestling Awards. Always a laugh. Vote on all the categories on Facebook and on the website. Thank you for listening from me and Garth and we will talk to you guys again soon.